Hello and welcome to Let's Shoot Together, a photography podcast by me, Anna Considine, from Studio Gently. I'm a newly Edinburgh-based branding photographer working with kind and creative kin across the UK. And this podcast is for gentle photographers everywhere. If you're looking to jump into brand photography or you're a fellow brand photographer looking for tips, this podcast is for you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, everybody. This week, I am joined on the podcast by our very first guest, the wonderful personal branding photographer, Eister Samita. Eister is a travelling brand portrait photographer with the most beautiful style and approach to her client journeys. She actually captured my brand portraits back in February. In this episode, we covered Eister's long and winding photography journey, how she got to where she is in her business now, what she'd love to see change in our industry, and lots about the value that brand photography has for our clients. It's a fantastic listen, so get cosy and enjoy. Hello, Hi, Anna. How are you doing? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Very excited to have a chat today. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Really excited. No problem at all. We actually had a chat on Monday, just for context for everyone that's listening. And we had some really lovely diversions into different parts of photography that I know that I haven't got to discuss very often. So I was really keen to have you in for an interview. It wasn't part of my schedule at all for this week, but I just really, really wanted to follow up. So thank you so much. Thank you for making time. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I really hope that everyone will listening will be enjoying this chat. And <laughs> if you're listening right now, then thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> so just for context, I was saying to Isa before we hit record that I have got some questions, but also I'm very open for us having our similar rambly sort of chat that wasn't quite a ramble because it was about a subject that we're very passionate in and I'm sure everyone listening to will be as well. But the first question that I do have for you, Eister, is Mm -hmm. that I'm going to ask you potentially about your business journey as well. But first of all, I really want to hear about your photography journey. So how did it start and how did you get to where you are now? Oh gosh, how much time does everyone have? (laughs) It was a long-winded journey. So I'm a typical like classic case of a photographer who's like, I've always wanted to be a photographer. I feel like it's such a cliche, but also it's just, I don't really remember a time where that wasn't my dream. Yeah. So it really kind of began with me being like four years old, probably. Sitting, sitting in my house with a huge stack of National Geographic magazines that my uncle who lived in Italy used to bring over to us because he had a subscription because it wasn't at a time published in Lithuania, which is where I grew up. Yeah. So I used to sit there with a stack of like Italian and English National Geographic magazines and just flick through them. And all I could understand was the photos, obviously. <laughs> I did not speak English at the time, nor Italian, I don't know. <laughs> I just remember like I used to just look at these photos over and over and over again I probably knew those magazines like the back of my hand and I just that's really where my dream developed like I just wanted one day to travel the world and be a photographer for the National Geographic I mean that was my (laughs) ambition at four years old that or work for NASA I was ambitious Um, (laughs) yeah or be a florist I think at some point but you know we all we all have big dreams Yeah. And it really, that's kind of where it all began. I always had this like massive draw to being on the other side of the camera and like capturing the world and capturing what I see. I always had this sort of lust for travel and just seeing more of the world. I mean, nowadays I have a lot of beef with like National Geographic and how it presents the world and everything else. So it's not really my dream job anymore, but photography still is. I do feel like I learned a lot from just looking at those magazines and, you know, how the photos were composed, like the way that people chose subjects and the lighting and and the colors and everything. But yeah, I just kind of always had a camera in my hands, I guess. Like, Like I didn't really have anyone encouraging me in that direction growing up, but 
anytime I was able to grab hold of like a point of point and shoot or you know my cousin had a DSLR so any weekends and holidays we used to hang out a lot I would just be like always somehow always the camera found its way into my hands and I'd just be taking <laughs> pictures so I just it naturally became sort of became a thing that every holiday any event that we attended or put together my cousin used to put up a lot of events I'd be the one capturing everything and it just became like a very natural go-to thing yeah and I really carried on doing that until I was in my late teens and I was doing kind of more events and then I moved away to London I got a degree in international politics so I didn't I did not <laughs> think I was going to become a photographer like I I really knew always that's what I wanted but I just didn't think that was possible and I grew up with the idea that that was just not something that can ever make you money and it was just like a wishy-washy dream you must give up on yeah so I really you know I just had to pick something else and I went to <laughs> went to university abroad and that's when I bought my first DSLR so until then I had a digital point and shoot that my mum got for Christmas one year and yeah. I used to shoot with my cousin's DSLR but I never had my own so really like that's kind of where I started to develop my skills even more and like shoot more regularly and just I guess like spent even more time with the camera like that love just never <laughs> it never <laughs> got any lesser than than it was from the get-go and yeah, just kind of carried on shooting all the holidays that I went with my friends to, any kind of events that my friends were putting up or anything like that. And like after university, I was very lost. I knew I didn't really want to pursue a career in politics or didn't really know what I wanted to do. I found the job market really challenging because I didn't didn't have passion in it and didn't have like I loved my degree and everything I was very passionate about it but I didn't have a plan for a career I had done no volunteering no internships I just was completely unprepared <laughs> so I was very very lost for a little while and that's kind of where I sort of just started spending a lot more time doing photography and you know with university pressures being off fine off my shoulders finally I just had more time and I, I just kind of ended up shooting a lot of like, again, events and, and little projects and with like people that I met and like kind of volunteering my services. And yeah. I didn't really think very seriously about it. Um, but I started to sort of actually think, hmm, maybe I could like earn a little bit of money at least doing this, even if it's a here and there kind of thing. And I just got a bar job. I was living in London and I just started like, spending all my spare time like researching opportunities online and just like reaching out to people that were doing interesting things and I think my first paid job was photographing for this guy's business he was like building a food garden for Fortnum and Mason on their rooftop wow. and I just basically reached out to him in an email and I was like looking work for work and yeah, we had a meeting and he was like, why not? Let's do this. And then I ended up helping him with like social media and blog writing and stuff like that. So, you know, it wasn't exactly like a high paying job, but I was actually getting paid to do to take photos. So it was for me, it was the dream come true. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then that's kind of how it like just carried on. Like I got other opportunities like that here and there. I just kept like really looking for them and trying to make connections. And for a little while, I thought I'd do more work in that kind of urban food growing industry I worked as a gardener I did a lot of like food growing projects and yeah we we'll just like do a lot of freelancing where I'd either like help build gardens or, or do some kind of really cool plant installations and things like that and any any opportunity I had I'd have my camera with me so I kind of was building a bit of a, a portfolio in sort of like food growing and like urban food growing kind of thing yeah but also after a while, I just figured a lot of these projects were charity based or were very just had very limited funding. And I could just see that it wasn't a very realistic idea to actually build a career in it. So I kind of got a bit disheartened. And then I was just getting very tired of living in the city. So I was still living in London at the time. And I just knew I needed a change. And I felt like I was getting involved in lots of different projects. So I wasn't just like doing photography and doing food growing, but I was helping put up art events and lots of really random different things. And I just mm -hmm. felt like I was helping everyone else with their dreams and with their projects and their passions and wasn't really that focused on, on what I wanted. Yeah. So I decided to pack my bags and move to the countryside and move to a small town on the South Coast. 
Lewis, which is where I live now, mm -hmm. five years later. And I just got a job in a pub again and just thought I'd settle. I'd figure out what I want to do. And that's where I just really like, I think I spent a couple of months here and it really hit me. I was like, I want to be a photographer. That's all I've ever dreamed of. Anything else just doesn't make sense. I realized that, you know, if you're going to work really hard to, to get work, then you may yeah. as well do it for something that you really love and that you're really passionate about. So I just thought that's it. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to keep working in hospitality for as long as I need to and just spend all my spare time trying to build a, you know, build a career in photography. And that's that's five years ago. That's how I started this business. And it's been a long winding journey since, but it's been amazing too. Brilliant. Oh, that was yeah. so lovely hearing <laughs> it. And especially because I feel that your ethos that I've seen through your work and then also mm. that I've had the chance to speak to you about, that all makes so much sense to me now mm. that you have this really immersive approach to your client sessions. And mm. it feels like that passion from your like childhood self has kind of come through with it. But then also like you helping people with their projects while you were saying about your phase of working out your own career. Mm -hmm. I think that's the kind of role that you take with your clients now. That's an element that you haven't dropped, even though you're still doing <laughs> your passion and your craft. That's something that I see that you've really taken from that. Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting when someone else looks from the outside and points out the things that are so obvious, but you're not even <laughs> making those connections. It's true. I was always very passionate about just seeing people do interesting, life-changing things that, you know, improve the world and, and help people. And I guess that was my sort of, that kind of part of my character that drove me to sort of study politics is that kind of like, I want to change the world thing that <laughs> every politics yeah. student has. So yeah, it's definitely been something that's an absolutely um, comes through in all the work that I've chosen to do. You're right. I'm very invested in the projects and in, in the businesses that my clients run. And I'm very passionate about helping people realize their own dreams. And I think because also I felt like for so long, I felt like I was so limited and I couldn't do what I dreamed of doing. I feel like I'm, I'm just really passionate in helping other people overcome that kind of self-doubt and put themselves out there in the world and do the work that they feel called to do. Yeah, I think that totally shines through. That totally shines through. So that brings us very nicely onto my next question for you, which was, I feel like businesses have a path as unique as our own lives. So <laughs> you've kind of walked us up to the early stages of your business. But if you could chat to us about how it's evolved since then, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So when I first started, um, you know, like I said, I moved down to Lewis and I thought, okay, I've, I've got to make this work this is my dream I honestly had no idea where to begin at that point I had like a portfolio I didn't have a very I didn't have a professional website I had I think I had like a pdf portfolio that would attach to emails and send to people because I'd basically pitch people for jobs yeah so I thought okay first step I need to get a website I need to get a social media profile I think I had one but I was using it to like just share like my illustration work every now and again and just kind of like follow a bunch of interesting projects but wasn't like an intentional social media presence I was just sort of more like there leisurely so I was like okay I need to get serious with this so build a website you know start an Instagram account and I was like okay that's that's all I know <laughs> like I don't know where <laughs> to go from there so I think I spent like a month or a couple of months putting together a website I just pulled all my best photos onto this website you know there was there was a huge variety there were portraits there were food projects like farmers markets and yeah you know just such a wide variety of things so I had no clear niche I had no clear idea as to like how I was going to go about getting work but you know I just kind of put together a nice looking Squarespace website wrote a little bit about myself and what I was interested in doing and that was it you know I didn't have any prices I didn't really know how I was gonna go about doing anything and just started sharing things online on social media and from that point onwards I guess I realized I think once I put my website out there I realized I needed to get more clear as to like what are the next steps and yeah. I knew that I just didn't I had no idea how to go about it 
So I just dove into Google. I started following people online, especially like Instagram was an amazing resource from the get go for it. I just started following people who were doing photography. I started reading their blog posts. I started Googling things like any question I had, you know, how do I get that first client? Like literally just that, like I would just put that into Google and just learn. And I just for months and months and months, I was just reading, learning, improving, like clarifying what I'm doing. You don't realize in the moment how much you're progressing. But looking back, like from from very early on, I just started doing certain things that, you know, just kind of started building a bit more of a solid business. And like very quickly, I also realized like I had no business skills to speak of. Initially, I didn't (laughs) think of it as a business. Um, so it took me a little while to understand that what I was doing was actually starting a business I was just like oh you know I'm a freelancer kind of thing and it really I think I I probably started listening to like Jen Carrington's podcast and then that really changed my mindset around it the way she talks about kind of the difference of taking anything that comes your way versus having like set services that you offer and a clear brand around it and processes and like methods and yeah. I was like, that's what I want. That sounds that sounds really great and solid and like a wise way to go about things. So I really just started to try and figure out what that meant for me and build a brand and, a, you know, started really creating a community around me online and just connecting with other creatives, reached out to a few people to do some work for free, you know, really try to kind of get clear as to what I wanted. But at the beginning, I was I was always very strong at portraits. That was like always the natural thing for me. Mm. um it's how I learned photography it's it's what the work that was best in terms of what I had already created so I just kind of thought okay portraits for other creatives that sounds like a really great thing to do um so that was actually my first client as well like it was that's kind of like the first work that I started getting with this business was actually portraiture but I also you know did like product photography I did events I did couples I did weddings like (laughs) everything under the sun yeah and I didn't have a niche and it took me a long time to to realize that I actually did need to niche down for everything else to make more sense yeah so I made the decision at the beginning of last year to focus solely on personal branding photography at that point I had sort of focused on couples and weddings or personal branding and had been like okay I'm not doing anything else Mm -hmm. but I just knew that I needed to let one of these go that it was I realized I was basically trying to build two businesses and it was insane (laughs) and I just had a lot more love for portraits always and as much as I think weddings is incredibly fulfilling work I knew I didn't want to build my life around it. It caused me too much anxiety thinking in that far into the future, worrying about what happens if I can't make it to the wedding. What if I yeah. break a leg? What if I die? <laughs> what, what if I crash <laughs> on the way? Like, you know, it just, my brain would catastrophize and I would worry too much and I thought I just can't build my life and my business around that. Yeah. And I just, I would see so many wedding photographers out in the industry getting really burnt out and I just you know, and then pivoting into like business education or something else. And I thought, well, why would I build a business in weddings now? And if I can kind of already tell that in like five years time, I'm probably going to want to pivot out of it. So I decided to focus on branding photography and then COVID happened. (laughs) And I thought, damn. And honestly, it was the best decision because suddenly there was no pressure to be booking weddings. There was, I wasn't relying on weddings you know, I didn't have like a full year of weddings book that suddenly got delayed and I lost all my income. That just wasn't the case. I was still yeah. able to carry on doing branding photography. And, you know, the the couple of weddings that I, that I had on um, have been postponed to this year, but it's just not been, it's been so easy for me to be like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Let's do it next year, <laughs> whenever. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of turned out to be the best decision for me. And just things started making a lot more sense within the business since I really focused on what I do best and what I'm most interested in. If there's one part of my marketing that gets regular raving feedback, it's my email newsletter. Flowdesk is the stunning platform that I use to design my emails, letting me create beautiful letters with no design experience whatsoever. 
Flowdesk is elegant and intuitive with heaps of pre-built templates to help you build stunning emails that resonate with your audience. You can get your first year of Flowdesk half price with my referral link in the show notes or use code STUDIOGENTLY, all caps, at checkout. I love that. We were talking just before we hit record about the unique pressures of Mm. the wedding industry and I think there are elements of portraiture that pull from the best parts of a wedding and that it's a very intimate experience it's very very collaborative but it's not with the the pressure that comes from a wedding and having been a second shooter like we were talking about earlier I didn't appreciate until I did it and it was in just an assistant capacity how mentally draining it is so it's not just that you're Mm. switched on work-wise then it's not just that you're managing you know people's experiences and people's moods and just trying to you know keep everyone feeling good and comfortable and happy in front of the camera I found that I spent what was a 14 hour day in the end Mm. and it could have been longer but I spent the full day with everyone but constantly every time I was looking I was trying to look for a photo every every angle it was I was like uniquely switched on whereas I think there's something really special about portrait photography and yeah I'd love to hear you talk more about portrait photography in particular so what sort of resonates with you Oh, you know, it really, I think you point out such an interesting and important thing. I think what I realized with weddings is that the the photography that I loved doing the most was the very like natural scenes of the couple together. I absolutely adore doing couple <laughs> sessions. Like, yeah, I honestly, hands so. down, they're amazing. I just having like two people that focus on it, like, being able to encourage them to focus on each other's connection and and really capture that interaction in such a natural and fluid way in beautiful, adventurous environments. Like to me, like I was thriving there. But at a wedding, that's not what it's all about. You know, it's a lot more about capturing each moment of the event and everything. And I really enjoy documentary photography. That's how I got into photography, you know, just capturing life around me. So it felt very natural, like I felt very much at home. Like I always like I was very intimidated about doing weddings before I started. But the minute I did my first, I realized like that's exactly what I've been doing all my life. I've been like turning up to events and capturing the day, you know, and just getting those shots that somebody needs. And, you know, I, I knew how to do it and I knew how to make people feel calm and comfortable around me. And I was yeah. just very much at home in it. But I just knew I didn't enjoy the environment itself like I don't love big parties it's just not my personality I'm most at home when like I'm out on a hill or by the sea or in a forest <laughs> like adventuring and just enjoying yeah. nature and very much like I'm, I'm big on one-on-one conversation and connection and that's what I really love about portraiture I love being able to really spend very focused time with somebody you know, be it a couple or or an individual, yeah. it's kind of like the similarity with couple sessions are a lot more like portrait sessions. They're just kind of portraits of two people, but yeah, it's all about that really deep connection with somebody, and you get to really focus in on someone. I kind of always say like almost like fall in love with everyone that I photograph on a session because yeah, you get to really get to know them on like such a deep level, and I think because I'm a very open person, people naturally tend to really open up with me um, yeah. very easily and I end up you know hearing about things they don't haven't told many people in their lives about and people share their very like intimate experiences that they've gone through in their lives and their, their sort of life story and their dreams yeah. that the most secret desires you know where they really want to go in the future and you really get to kind of get to know somebody so so deeply and Working with business owners means you get to kind of be part of their dream and you get to see and hear that vision and help them make it come to life. So I just find it really exciting. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And what you were saying about about it as well reminds me of our chat about when we were saying that as photographers, you know that everybody is beautiful and you falling in love with every person that you work with. I think it just reminds me of how when I meet someone and it doesn't matter if I've got a camera in my hands or not, I'm so 
my eye is just inclined to look at them and see the parts of them that really stun me. And I think there's no such thing as an ugly person to me. And part of the magic of portraiture and what you get to do is helping people see that in themselves and helping people, business owners, see that in their business as well. Absolutely. I feel like it is it is my job to, you know, on the very practical level, my job is to get people really impactful content for their business that will help them attract their dream clients, that will help them build a really strong brand and, you know, make them more money and, and grow their business. And that's the very practical level, which is which I love because I am very nerdy about business now. And <laughs> I absolutely adore doing this and being part of that. But on a deeper level, my job is to hold up a mirror to somebody. And that is to show their own beauty, how incredible they are as a person, how beautiful they are. Because like you say, everybody is beautiful. I absolutely fundamentally do not believe in the idea that there is such a thing as a photogenic and an unphotogenic person. I think there's a bad photographer and a poor connection (laughs) with people. And that's it. It's bad lighting, bad situation, anxiety, tension. That's the things that show up. Like insecurity shows up in photos. That's what we look at and we think, oh, I'm unphotogenic. No, you're just not comfortable. And that shows, you know. And it's also holding up the mirror in front of them. And helping them see how amazing their dream is, how talented they are, how capable they are, how what they have as the vision for themselves, for their life, for their business is possible. And like they have everything it takes to do it. And I think one of the most exciting bits about it is like when you work with someone who's just starting out, they're just putting their business together. They haven't really got like anything to speak of yet like they may be working on the website maybe they've got some basic branding done but you know that it's just that very beginning and if they come to me then for photos as like one of the very first things that they invest in I get to help them like show up as this business owner that they want to be so if if you're like okay I'm gonna be like a videographer for example but you don't know maybe that's a bad example (laughs) let's say you're (laughs) like I'm gonna be a life coach right and you're still kind of feeling insecure about it. You're like, oh, but maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I'm not good enough. When we organize your photo shoots and we we plan everything out and, you know, we have the outfits, we have the ideas, we we have a plan. We're thinking about how that's going to work on social media, on your website and everything. When you turn up on the day, you are showing up as this life coach that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's who you have to be for these photos. You're like literally turning up for your job. And you see people stepping in to actually being that person that they want to be, even if they're not quite feeling ready yet. And then they get this gallery and they're like, damn, I am this person. I am a life coach. Like, look, I'm serious. And people begin to take themselves seriously. And I think that's why it's such an amazing investment in your business to get personal branding photography done. As a lot of other things, you know, it, it helps you take yourself seriously. Like, I am here. I'm here to do this job. This is me. Take me seriously because I'm serious about this. And it's amazing to watch that transformation happen. So I absolutely love that part of the job. No, it's brilliant. And I can so see that I was going to talk to you a little bit about pricing shortly, but I love that you create a very immersive experience for your clients. And my next question is about the photography industry as a whole, Mm. but I really like the idea of people seeing photography as more than just images that are being taken and actually a, a part of part of their business journey and a part of their self-discovery if it's portraiture for themselves. So yeah, you've talked to me about the photography industry already, but I love what you had to say. And what do you like about the industry now and what would you change for the future? So I think what I really love about it now And that I think is very different to what it was when I was a kid, like flicking through those National Geographic magazines. And, you know, the first time I must have been like 10 or 11 or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was, you know, a bit of a geeky kid. I was like on the Internet, like on forums. And I went on to this photography forum and I think I posted some pictures that I had taken and I got absolutely ripped to pieces by these like middle aged photographers. Like all these like white men who are like, oh, you're not a serious photographer. Like, what the, what is this? And I just, you know, obviously it made me very insecure and it really left like a long lasting impact. Yeah. But I think something that 
I realized when I started this business like five years ago was actually the photography industry had changed so mm-hmm. much and there was so much more community more compassion more encouragement there's so much education around like I literally started following photographers online and they were just sharing so much of their story how they got into it how they got those clients how they put themselves out there how they made money how they got better photos how they improved their client experiences and they were sharing all this for free you know and and then also putting together courses and education that like didn't exist before you had to go to like university and or take some really like old-fashioned like photography course in some college or something and I think you know from people that I'd met up to that point who had gone to study photography they didn't really learn anything practical that would help them set up a business in photography they just like studied the great masters and wrote a lot of essays and there was just so much education and and there is so much education in the photography industry and you really can find an an answer to everything for free nowadays like you could just you know google and and follow people on social media and go to youtube and you can pretty much get any an answer to anything that you're interested in or you can you know invest in a course and get that information very succinct in one place with quality and not have to go and like figure out and distill like what's good information what's bad information yeah but it's incredible it's just incredible that those resources that are out there and they're so easily accessible like you don't even have to spend money to learn everything from people but if you can if you save up money and you invest in courses like people are so generous with what they've learned and their experiences like the courses that I've invested have really really pushed me forward just in incredible ways and that's just from other photographers who've you know been there already and then done those things and are just ahead of you and they're not they're not like they're not afraid that you coming up behind them is going to steal their work away from them. I feel like there's more of an idea that actually we're not competing against each other. We're just growing together as an industry. And the more we help other people learn, the more we help and share our knowledge with those beginners, the stronger our industry becomes. Because, you know, there are enough, like that kind of phrase of like, there is enough seats at the table. I think that really changed the industry and it is a really amazing community to be part of I totally agree and I think part of us connecting and collaborating just as you say recognizes the value that photography does have and Mm -hmm. I think about especially for me I'm I'm an auntie I have a two and a half year old nephew and I feel so much joy that I'm able to capture all of these moments of his life through my eye and through my lens as as I see him with my photographer's eye that we're going to look back on for years and years and years afterwards and Mm. even from a few months ago I'll look and see that and with a business then you're giving this business owner a vision and a brand that shows their dreams are going to be real and that they're going to use again and again and again and that has that has major value and we do learn and become better as an industry when we use each other and when we're not scared to as you say bring people to the table because there's enough there we're all doing such such different things yeah absolutely and like you say you know when you're working with business owners and you're doing photography for businesses like it's literally helping them get more revenue it's a huge investment because we live in a world that's so visual and so based online, especially after this year. Yeah. It's such a key thing in marketing to have really quality visuals. So you're helping people actually put together their marketing campaigns and, and strong content online that's going to attract those paying customers and clients. So, you know, you're helping people make money. And that's kind of the thing, as you were asking me, you know, what it is that I don't like about photography industry. I think. I do really want to see photographers get more and more confident with valuing their work because it has enormous value and it's not decreased. It's just increased over time. The more things like social media become important part of our lives and businesses, the more things have kind of moved online with the pandemic and everything. Photography has only increasing in value. It's becoming more and more important. And I just want people to see 
to see like people value themselves and value their work and realize that we're contributing something of serious value and quality to the industry, to like the general business industry or to people's lives, you know, with like wedding photography, you're literally creating family heirloom, you're capturing family history for generations to come. Yeah. With family photography, everything like that. Or you're helping people see themselves and appreciate themselves and fall in love with themselves with portraiture and, you know, personal photography. It's it's a huge value and it's it's such a skill. It takes so much investment. Like it's easy yeah. now to, you know, there are so many people starting like online businesses. Like say you're, you know, maybe you'll build websites or do virtual assistance. Like it's quite minimal setup from the get-go. Like you need a laptop and you need a Wi-Fi connection. You can pretty much get going. Whereas photography yeah. is such a huge investment. Camera kit and everything is so expensive. It takes years to learn how to do it well. Yeah. And yet sometimes, you know, you'll see a, a new starting out website designer will charge a lot more for the same amount of time work they put in than a photographer who's been doing it for like 15 years at that point. Mm. And I just think I just would love to see us value ourselves more and, you know, really treat this skill as a serious skill that it is. Yeah, I completely agree with you and it almost breaks my heart when I see online other photographers especially ones that are starting out when I see the rates that they're charging for the quality of their photography it almost genuinely hurts me I think as an empath probably but I just think that we don't realize how much we're giving and for how long we're giving it for exactly as you say with those generational images and for the amount of use that a photo is going to get throughout the business it's going to be on a website it's going to be on social media it's going to be on business cards it's going to be on flyers it's going to be on posters it's going to be on leaflets and that's massive and so my next question for you is going to be that lots of photographers really really struggle to price their offering and what advice do you have for them so first of all relating to that what you just literally just said It's really important to recognize that because we're such a visual creative industry, I think the biggest mistake we make from the get-go is that we base our value on the quality of our work alone. And the problem with that is that you are completely biased in a very negative way because we're all perfectionists. We all want to get better and we want to, you know, we have very good taste usually when we get into photography and we see all, all this amazing work out there. And we want to match up to that. And we think we're not good enough. We're not ready. And so we photograph for years and years and years. And we have all this experience and this time that we've put into honing our craft and, and, and really getting good at this skill. And yet we still always see that there's, there's further to go. And I think because of that, we undervalue what we already can do and what we already do really well. And if we base our pricing purely on how good we think our photography is it's never gonna be accurate because one like there is just no clear guide to how you price that and there's it's always going to be completely enmeshed with your feelings about the quality of your work and like I'm sure you have that thing and I know I do and I know Mm. every photographer I've ever spoken to you know when you you have a shoot say like this month and then you look back at it in two months and you're like oh my god I could have done this better and I could have that better and really I I really didn't do that bit really well and you just pick it apart and you get really critical so how on earth are you supposed to price yourself based on like your own idea of how good your work is like it's just never gonna be good enough and so what we then naturally do is we go and we compare ourselves because that's the only market that we know because there is no qualification you can get that says you're good enough there is no bar of experience that you can hit where you can say, well, I've, you know, photographed 500 million images at this point in my life. So I guess I'm now experienced enough. Like there is just nothing like you could have picked up a camera a year ago and now be really amazing at it because you shot every single day and you did, you just did loads of really poured your time into it. Or you could have picked it up 10 years ago and, and did it here and there. And over time still, I got to that point And it's just we can't measure it by years because it doesn't exactly say how much work you've actually put in. But yeah. like what quality of experience do you have in that time? Yeah. And there's just nothing that we can really measure. So 
we look at our own experience and we go, well, you know, I'm not experienced enough. Like for years, I felt like I wasn't experienced enough. And then I thought, you know, looking back now, I've been, I've been shooting for over 20 years. <laughs> it's, I mean, like how much, you know, how much experience do you need? Like, what is that number? Like I did my first paid job like seven or eight years ago now. Like how, how many years does it have to be when I'm going to say I'm experienced enough to do this? Yeah. So I just realized like have to stop just measuring it in that way. And I'm very much like, I'm quite a numbers person. I'm very technical. I'm very like organized. Things have to make sense and be logical for me. Yeah. You know, I'm creative and everything, but I feel like everything has to be grounded. So I really started looking at outside of the photography industry because I did the same thing as everyone else when starting out. And I just looked at around me and I thought, okay, well, that photographer has like a similar style. And I feel like we're kind of, I'm, I'm sort of like just as good at them, but they've got like a few years of, you know, doing it full time, like already. And I'm kind of coming up behind them. So I'll charge less than them because I don't mm. feel like I'm good enough to charge the same prices. So I like price myself lower because I'm like younger and less, less experienced. But my work is like just as good. Yeah. And so it didn't make sense. Because then when you do the math, you realize like those numbers are just completely like pulled out of thin air. And you don't see the reality of those people's businesses. You don't see whether this is just an expensive hobby to them. And they, you know, all they need is just to cover their expenses and their kit. And, and they don't actually need to make money from it because they already have like a full time corporate job that pays really well. You don't see if their their partner or their family are actually paying their rent and living expenses. So, you know, they're only needing to make a little bit of money to kind of mm. like cover their business costs. You you just don't see like they could be in a lot of debt and actually being close to financial ruin. Maybe they're undercharging massively. And even though they're really busy, they're actually going downhill financially and are probably going to struggle to come back up. Like you don't yeah. see the financial behind the scenes of people's businesses. So why are you pricing based on that? And also you don't see their living expenses. Like, do they yeah. live in an area that's cheaper than where you live? Like if your rent is higher, then that's that's a cost that that's a real life cost that you have to account for. Mm. You know, it's just you have to really look at what it actually costs you to live to to be able to, you know, afford basic necessities. What does it cost you to run your business, to invest in your kid, to invest in your education so you can keep improving and, and get better and give your clients better work? You know, what does it really cost to run your business? Unless you, until you do those numbers, like you just can't pluck this thing, like these things out of thin air. And yeah. so the way I kind of got to that point is I started looking more at out, outside of photography industry. Or like I started looking at photographers who were really succeeding financially. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to make this into a successful career that can actually sustain me, that, that I can do full time and be able to actually live and have some freedoms, like go on holiday every now and again, or, you know, be able to like save some money and, and pay it into a pension and just do these very basic things that you expect to be completely normal if you're in like a corporate job or just, you know, an office-based job, you, you expect to earn enough to not just like survive but to like yeah. live on yeah and and yeah. us photographers we kind of think like oh I have to have a completely booked out schedule and yet we still like charge prices that barely afford you to kind of survive on that and it's like but you've poured years of education training practice doing free jobs like you've poured endless hours into this and you're barely surviving even though you're fully booked like that should not be what you're trying to get to so for me it was like no if I'm gonna get fully booked one day that then that needs to be a place where I'm able to actually like breathe and be free and start paying off my university debts and save for the future and and for a, you know any kind of things like a pandemic happening <laughs> it needs to actually be able to give you freedom because it's it's so much work to build your own business like it has to pay off in that way and give you security are you ready to bring your brand photography to life this year? Whether you're a seasoned brand photographer looking to grow or just starting out in the field, I'd love to help. We can cover systems and strategies, getting featured in magazines, kit and gear, and so much more. 
I offer just three one-to-one -one mentoring sessions monthly, so head to studiogently.com mentoring to learn more. So I really started looking at people who were like marketing experts, who were just like business coaches, people who were doing business and doing it well. Yeah. And I, I looked at what are they doing? Like, how are they going about this? How are they pricing? How are they marketing? How are they positioning themselves in the market? And I started learning from them more than I was learning from other photographers around me because I knew that I need this to be a successful business, not just, I don't just need to be good at photography. I am good at photography and I'm going to keep getting better at it all the time, but I need to get good at business. And so I need to look at business examples. And, you know, I just did all my costs. I actually counted what, is it, what does it take for me to run this business to the level that I want to. You know, I really try to consider not, like how, how little could I possibly charge to get away with it. But I started to think, what experience do I really want to give my clients? How do I want them to feel? How do I want the session to feel? What does that mean? Like, what does that require? What kind of things do I have to bring in? How much time do I need to allow it to, to really give my full energy, undivided attention and a really quality experience to my clients? And I started looking at how much that actually cost me and just started basing my pricing on that. And once you do that, then you, you realize that not only you have like a minimal and this is like a big recommendation that I give is, you know, when you're really setting those prices for yourself like figure out how is like what is the least that you have to charge because you know that if you're charging any less you're basically paying to work for other people mm -hmm. because you're not going to make money and you're going to have to go somewhere else to cover those costs so if you like if you're having to borrow money to afford your kit because you're not charging people enough like that's a problem right yeah. um so you know figure out what's the least that you have to earn per client you know you kind of have to look at like how much everything costs through the year and like what is your realistic capacity again that's like a really important thing people often overestimate how much work they can actually take on yeah and that's where I, I asked myself not just how many shoots can I possibly squeeze into every week but how much can I realistically do and still give people the amazing experience that I want to give them and mm -hmm. then value that and once you respect that and you respect that boundary and you understand how you work best and you lean into it then it becomes a lot more clear what your capacity actually is rather than what you're aiming it to be because again like different photographers have different capacity and and different way of working so someone could be bashing out like 10 shoots a week but they're quite quick paced and they're doing you know they're giving people a completely different experience than if say you do one shoot a week and you really give people your undivided attention and time and, and it just a lot more goes into it. So you can't price yourself the same per shoot because you're giving completely different experiences. So, you know, you figure out the least that you have to charge and then figure out what you actually need to be able to, like, make a profit so you can invest in your business and, and have a sustainable business into the future years. And, you know, be able to do things like pay a pension and like start savings and pay off university debts and anything else like that because again you have to live like you have to treat this as a job and that means because you're self-employed like you obviously have all these extra costs that you have to do yourself that you don't have an employer covering so it's really important to consider that into the picture and you know how much do you want to earn to, to be able to live like the lifestyle that you actually want because You've got to work for something that feels worthy. If, if you're working for something that isn't going to afford you the life that you want, it's, it's the fastest route to burning out very quickly because yeah. you're just never going to really get there. You know, you're never going to get that success because for me, success is not based on like how much money you earn or how many clients you have every month. It's the way that you get to do your work the way that you live, how fulfilled you feel, how much freedom you feel you have. And that's different for everybody. Yeah. But if you want to get that, like you have to be able to enjoy the process, right? And 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 if you don't have a goal that, that excites you, that gets you up every morning, then you're just going to burn out really quickly because, you know, you're, you're never going to have that reward at the end of the day, at the end of all your like years of hard work. If you're still scraping by you're going to really struggle to keep going. 
totally I literally couldn't agree I was nodding the whole time while you mm-hmm. were speaking because I do think that I don't know where this idea came from that artists have to be poor and a photographer oh, is yes. like yeah and a photographer is an applied artist in my mind we're using yeah. our craft and our skills for you know the benefit of other people's lives and when you were talking about success I think we look so much at you know zeros in a bank account how many zeros are behind oh, their first digit in your in your bank account but also I took from what you were saying that we should be measuring it by quality of life are you happy when you yeah. wake up do you feel shit on a Sunday night because you know that you're getting up on a Monday morning for something that's not making you feel good are you spending time with friends with family are you getting as much annual leave like for me this year I'm taking time off every other month I've got at least a week off every other month and I'm making sure that the business is structured so that's sustainable and possible that means more to me than anything else and it means you know it means more to me than just having wealth sat in a bank account that you know isn't fitting me up so yeah I'm totally that's it but it's also like it's so important to recognize because anytime I hear someone say well you know I just love this I'm not in it for the money I just love to do this yeah it really like it really rubs me wrong and I'm gonna get (laughs) sassy right now but that's fine because it's like great It's the most privileged thing that you could possibly say to be like, I'm not doing this for money. I'm just doing it because I love it. Then great. But who pays your bills? I'm sorry, but unless you have a trust fund, you can't do realistically just do it for love. You know, it's like you can't. You know, it's like that kind of thing that we're always laughing about. Like, we, you can't eat exposure or, you know, you can't pay your, like, council tax with exposure, right? It's the same yeah. thing. It's like, well, you're not going to pay your bills with the fact that you love your job. You still have to earn money and, you know, try to be really happy every day doing what you love. When your fridge is empty and your stomach is grumbling, you're probably not going to be loving it very much or for very long. You might, you know, enjoy that couch surfing, being kind of homeless shooting free work all the time or really low pay just to like you know eat eat a dinner every now and again like you might be able to do it for a month or two and it's gonna get old really quickly eventually you're gonna want a roof over your head and somewhere safe to store your kit and you know all these other things that are nice like a rest every now and again yeah. And, you know, like you say, to be able to spend time with family and to do things, you need money for that. You need money to be able to go out to the pub and, and have a nice lunch or, you know, to, to go over and visit your family. Like my family live in a different country. I need money to pay for tickets, to take that time off. You know, I worked for a long time, by no means at the moment, financially successful. Like I'm still working really hard to get to the place that I want to get to. But, you know, I've worked for years minimum wage jobs that paid like next to nothing that you could barely afford your rent on and I would just pull everything else into the business because I knew that one day I need that that's going to pay off and I had no time I had no money to go out I did I didn't have money to do anything you know it, <laughs> it pained me I didn't I didn't wake up feeling very happy I knew I had a purpose I knew I had a mission and I knew I was willing to make that sacrifice right now because I see I saw that it could pay off one day but like I had to make some serious lifestyle sacrifices to be able to do that you know and I lived and scraped by on next to nothing and yeah you can only do that for a certain season eventually you you realize you're missing out on having a life on on being there for people that you love for, for family events and holidays and just even weekends you know I would like work seven days a week every single week of the year like there was a time where I did not have like more than two days off and for an entire year because I was working that hard and it's like you can only do that for so long it's not healthy no (laughs) and it's it's not very productive no one should take that as an example that's another (laughs) topic but like you need money to be able to to live a happy and full, fulfilling life. That's just that's capitalism, baby. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> no, it's totally true. It is totally true. But how much money? That's a completely different number to everybody. So you know. 
No, it's true. And I think you've done a really good job of like exploring what, not just like what you need to cover as essentials, but also the things to factor in as budgets for that family time, for that friend time, relationship time, whatever luxuries, air quotes that you want to invest in. So yeah. Like yeah. for me, I don't need a really fancy car one day. But for somebody, maybe that that is the goal. Like that's what's going to get them up every morning and keep them motivated. But, you know, for me, it's like I want to be able to buy property one day. I want to be able to lay down roots and maybe have a family or just like somewhere to call home. And like that's in my future. There are those financial goals you're going to have. But for me, the financial goals are they're based in something very tangible, like paying off debts or you know, investing in something very significant in your future. So I think also, you know, it helps, I guess, when you're setting prices, and if you feel like they're quite ambitious, like it also helps to to think, you know, what does that, what does that annual turnover mean to you? Like, what life yeah. can that afford you? Because then it's not just like a, a number that you stare at and compare yourself and measure yourself against. But it's also a life vision that you're working towards. Yeah, like, being able to maybe like help your family out, you know, if they've helped you along the way, like to be able to do that in return, like that is something really strong to work towards. And that like, that's freedom and that's happiness and that's empowering, right? And Mm -hmm. I just want to see photographers feel empowered in their work and feel like they can do what they love and work in a way that they love with people that respect them, with people that they respect and that they enjoy working with. And feel empowered in their lives. Because, you know, I work that really dull, soul-sucking, minimum wage work. And you just feel like you're not valued. You're not valued as a as an employee. You're not valued as a person. You know, people look down on you every day. And I just think it's just, you know, you make the... I, I poured my heart into that work. And I always gave 150% to my job. Because I think I believe in hard work and, and the work ethic. And I think you have to try and make the most of of the season that you're in right now and whatever position you're in like you have an effect on other people around you or the business that you work for a company you work for you know you got to give your best like that's just what I believe that's that's the value for me as a person Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's really soul-crushing work and and I felt a lot of the time like I was just being wasted and I wanted to wake up feeling empowered and feeling excited to go to work because I feel like I'm actually contributing to the world in a valuable and meaningful way, which I didn't feel like when I was getting up to go to my other job. So that's what I want to see in the industry. I want to see people feel empowered. Yeah, I love that so much. I think we're going to get there. I think we are. Yeah, I think it's absolutely. just going to take, take an adjustment phase, but I feel I feel exactly the same. I think um, the more the more community there is, the more people are educating themselves. Because for me, I didn't have those realizations until I looked at other photographers who were doing it, who were empowered and, you know, invested in education from them and had that poured into my heart and into my thoughts. And that's that's how I began to feel empowered in what I'm doing and, and the way that I'm building this business into the future that I know it can have, because I didn't have that idea around me growing up you know I didn't have a family like some people are very lucky and their families tell them they can do anything they set their mind to I my family were very supportive in a lot of ways and and I I grew up feeling capable of learning anything and I think that's a privilege too but you know I had a very strong idea that photography was just not a viable career and something that you are going to be that starving artist and and that was like the idea yeah and so it took me a really long time to grow out of that and to to really change my perspective on it and it happened by looking at other you know learning from other photographers and being mentored by other photographers who are doing it in a way that is empowered and that is actually making a positive impact in their lives and their families' lives and in the community and, and the people that they work with. You have to see those examples. You have to surround yourself with people who were doing what you want to do, who were living the life that you want, who were running the businesses, the kind of business that you want, who were living your dream, because that's what helps you understand that it's possible. Yeah. So I really did that. I really was very intentional and just said bye to all the naysayers, <laughs> really focused in on surrounding myself with people 
who were doing it and who believed that it was possible for me to, you know, that it was possible for everyone. You know, that begins with a simple thing, like who you follow on social media, but also like who do you go to, uh, to for advice? Like I do not go to my family or friends for business advice, or I do not go to them when I'm making big life decisions that, you know, impact my business because they have no idea of this world. And yeah. all I'm going to get is their own preconceived notions, their own expectations, their own fears, their own worries, because they want to protect me. They want me to be happy. So they're going to tell me, well, don't get a job in photography because you're never going to earn money and, and you're going to be poor and starving for the rest mm. of your life and it's never going to work. And it's not because it's true. It's because that's how they think they're protecting me and, and helping me. Yeah. But it's actually limiting me because they don't know what the people who are doing it know <laughs> you know yeah. they don't know what is actually possible so yeah. I unintentionally distanced myself if not from the people themselves then from at least those ideas or those conversations and I kind of locked myself in my room for a long time and just focused on the people who were doing it and just woke up every day looking at people who are doing it and still do and just yeah. tell myself it's possible and it changed my mindset over time. You know, it's still changing my mindset. Every time I catch myself thinking, that's not possible. That's for me, not for me. I can't do that. I'm like, okay, surround <laughs> yourself with people who are doing it. It is possible. But you have to start with like believing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then put in the work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I totally yeah. agreed. Totally agreed. Okay, I saw my last question for you. Yeah, I'm sure. hoping to I'm hoping to ask everyone. Hopefully I don't forget, but we will find out. But I would love to know what is one piece of advice that you wish every beginner photographer knew? Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to narrow it down. I think probably that it's possible. You know, that dream that you have, it's possible. It's gonna require a lot of work, a lot of learning. But it is possible and you're good enough yeah. and your work is going to get better. You're going to get better. What I always try to say to people is like, there's just no way that you cannot keep getting better as long as you apply yourself. You know, it's that 10,000 hours to become an expert thing. Yeah. If you put in the 10,000 hours in your photography, you can do it over what is like a full time job over five years, I think, you know. I'm pretty sure I've put in those 10,000 hours learning how to, you know, take photos of people, which is why my portraiture is pretty good, right? And every time I think, oh, I, I can't do this. I'm not very good at this. I think, okay, have I put in my 10,000 hours yet? Yeah. And I think, okay, no, maybe I put in like a third of it or maybe I put in like a fraction of the 10,000 hours. So what that means is that if I keep applying myself, if I keep learning that skill, that thing that I'm trying to do or get better at, I will get better. There's no way you're not going to get better if you keep doing it. Like this, you could take a bad photo tomorrow, but if you like, you know, keep taking photos every day, like you're just naturally going to get better. Like it, it just doesn't work any other way. You know, you don't go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> like your work, yeah. work doesn't just like get worse over the years. It just no. gets better. And no. it's very rewarding in that way. So just keep going. If you don't think like you've got the skills or the creativity or you're not very good at working with people, then hone in on that aspect and think, have I put in my 10,000 hours at, you know, working with light or working with people or, you know, marketing or anything like that, anything that's involved in photography and in, in, in building a business, just look at it and just keep working on those skills where you feel like you're lacking because you are good enough it's just some maybe for somebody else it, it came more naturally or more quickly because of whatever upbringing or experiences or skills they already brought in to this point with them mm. but you can learn anything and you know as long as you have like physical capabilities to learn something or to do something physically like you can do anything if you keep working at it it just takes time yeah. And that's really, that's really it, you know, it's possible. <laughs> and probably the other bit of advice I'd say, if you want it to be a career, if you're not just like, I just want to take really good photos, then if you also want to, you know, turn it into a business, into a career and, and live, uh, build a life around that, learn business, 
that's it. (laughs) Do not sit there and be like, I'm just not good at business. I did that. Get over that. Buy a book about business. Google, (laughs) you know, just just get out there and learn everything (laughs) you possibly can about business because you got to start like treating it as a business from the get go. That's what I wish I could go back and tell myself like years ago if I had known. But, you know, it took me time to get to that point where I realized that's what I needed to know. Because, like, when I put my first website out there, I still didn't know that I needed to get good at business. So I'd go back and and start learning about business, like, as soon as possible. Probably while I was still in high school being like, economics? That sounds really boring. (laughs) And I would sit there and, like, read books about, like, corporate businesses. And I'm like, this is really fascinating. (laughs) No, I think that's fabulous advice. I think both fronts, I feel like it took me so long to learn the difference between gross profit, net profit, and then the two of them after tax. Like, getting those things down (laughs) are just their essentials. Thank you so much, Aisha. This was brilliant. Thank you you so much. I really hope people enjoy listening to this. And if you have listened to this, you know, please come connect with me on Instagram. I'm sure you're going to share like all the details in the show notes. So just find me and like tell me how you enjoy the chat. If you have any questions, come and connect. I'm very friendly. So I'd love (laughs) to hear if someone actually listens to this. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Because for now, it's just us sitting in our rooms, right? Just recording this. (laughs) But yeah, I I always love getting messages from people after they listen to episodes. Oh, fabulous. You have been wonderful. Thank you so much. And like you say, all of your details will be in the show notes. Yes. I won't torture people with like trying to spell my name out. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Weister. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. And there you have it. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe for more and leave a review on your fave podcast platform so that more people can discover Let's Shoot Together. You can share this episode with the hashtag Let's Shoot Together and tag me on at Studio Gently so that I can repost you. You'll find links to Eister's work in the show notes for this episode and thank you so much for joining me, Eister. We had this chat way back in 2021, so I am delighted to see that it's finally out in the world. I hope you're ready for a fun solo episode next week and that you have good things ahead of you, wherever and whenever you are. Take care and let's go shoot together.